spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. Welcome, everyone, to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Uh, I'm still shut in my house in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, we're on the stay safe, stay home shutdown, as most of you are. And it's a good opportunity, honestly, for me to be able to record podcasts with some gals that are usually really, really busy at this time of year because they're traveling and they're racing and they're going all over the place. But it just so happens that we're all pretty much in the same boat. And so um, my guest today is a young gal that I've been watching from afar, watching her race, watching her career. Her name's Brittany Zamora. Brittany's been um, really successful in the last few years in her racing career. And so I wanted to have her on today and talk a little bit about how she got to where she is. So Brittany, welcome to the show. Hi there, Melinda. Thank you for having me. Sure. Love having you on. So Brittany, let's start a little bit about, just tell us a little bit about yourself, like, you know, where you live, your family, how old you are, pets, anything that you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm 20 years old. I'm born and raised and currently live in Kenwick, Washington. So been a West Coaster my whole life. Um, I have two dogs I've rescued. Uh, rescuing animals is very near and dear to my heart. Um, this year in 2020, I've actually created the program called Pit Road Pals, and it's connected to my racing schedule. So whenever I've gone to a track this year, we visited shelters to advocate for animals that need rescued, and we're hoping to continue that once we get back into the racing season. But I have been racing. I'm going on my 17th year of racing. I started at the young age of four years old. <laughs> um, I've been watching my dad my whole life. I grew up watching him in he is the reason why I wanted to start racing. I saw him being successful, winning, having fun, you know, the speed, the adrenaline, all is something that I was very interested in. And so it was just a natural path for me to follow in my dad's footsteps. And here we are today racing super late models. I have consecutive super late model Northwest tour championships under my belt. And I raced full-time in the ARCA series last year. And uh, we have a start scheduled for this year, but we don't know when that race is gonna be um as of now so hopefully that once we get that race done we can get a few more under our belts oh absolutely we're all just waiting for the word aren't we to get back to the racetrack yeah we are <laughs> yeah um i had a i had a virtual get together yesterday that anybody could get on and we talked a lot about that and about you know a couple of the girls had already had a couple races in then they had to stop and some hadn't started yet, and of course NASCAR got started and had to stop. So everybody's mm -hmm. kind of just sitting around, either working on their car or just waiting for the for the green light to say yes, we can go back to racing. Hopefully, it's very soon. So, so four yeah. years four years old. Did you really understand about racing when you were four years old? So I think I had a pretty good concept concept of it. I 
actually when I was four days old, I went to my first race to watch my dad. And so <laughs> racing, when I say racing has been my whole life, it really has been my whole life. So from four days old to four and a half years old, I spent practically four and a half years, you know, listening to the sounds of the race cars and watching them go around the track and seeing my dad work in the shop at home and just, you know, like all of that was just, I, I took to it very well. And so when my dad asked me the first time, would you like to race a go-kart? Like, I'm like, yeah, duh, <laughs> you know, like get me in it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but before I was like eligible to actually race go-karts, I had this little Barbie Jeep that we had in our backyard and I'd race around the trees. And so I had the concept of, you know, gas, brake, steering wheel, when to turn, like I had the concept of it down. And so when I was ready to get into a go-kart, I had a pretty good idea of what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like it. Sounds like <laughs> you had a steering wheel in your hand before you had a baby doll. Yep. Sounds right. <laughs> yeah. That's what I figured. So, um, so just kind of give me a little bit of, you started at four and then how was the progression to the late models that you're in now? Yeah, so I had started at four, and I did go-karts for quite a while. We wanted to make sure that, you know, it's like, as I was growing up, I really, like, I was able to progress in my level of racing, like, how hard I was at racing, how aggressive, like, at each level and each component of racing, I wanted to make sure that I was improving in each one of those. So I spent from four to 13 in go-karts. I had multiple track championships. I uh, won uh, 2012 Grand National for four cycles uh it, so it was it was all really well and when I was 14 we decided you know like we've we've had our time in go-karts we've been successful it's now time to get into stock cars if we really want to be successful in those two because people are starting out at such young ages now mm. for stock cars and so 14 was a good time for us to get into mini stocks I had one rookie of the year championship in multiple races and then I did one more year of touring in mini stocks in 2015 won the championship, won races, and we're like, all right, it's time to go late model racing. And so I was really excited for that because that was what I remembered my dad doing was racing the Northwest, you know, super late model tour and getting wins and championships and that. And so that was always my dream goal. And so when I got into super late model, I was just ecstatic and again, successful in those. And so um, we're on the right path, you know, being, we're improving in every level we go and hopefully we can continue that through ARCA this year and throughout the next few years of racing. Yeah, I know, I know you've, uh, you've kind of been on the radar a lot of times when you hear people talk about who are the up and coming drivers and, and especially if they're talking about women in racing and your name is usually mentioned right along with Haley Deegan. So I know that a lot of people know who you are and have been watching what you're doing just like I have been. So What's the thing that you love the most about driving a race car? Oh, man, there's a few. I don't know if there's, like, one particular thing that just draws me to it, but the competition, I'm super competitive. The speeds, you know, just I I did dance for a long time, competitive dance, and it was fun, but I enjoy the, like, me in the car and control of the car, and results are based off of me, and the few guys on my crew, you know, so a lot is dependent on me and my performance and it's a lot of pressure, but I enjoy that. Like I, I like the pressure on me to see what I can do, how I can perform, 
Um, I love the people, the environment, the atmosphere, the uh, race weekends and race days. I love working on the cars. I mean, every aspect about it is just, is adds up to why I love the sport so much. Yeah, lots. Usually there's not just one reason. I should have probably rephrased mm -hmm. that, but that, <laughs> that's true. There's usually, when somebody is very passionate about something, it's usually more than one thing that draws them to that for sure. And, you know, my daughters all danced and competitive danced. And uh, I, it depends on your team when you're doing that. It's kind of mm -hmm. like cheerleading. But like, like you said, when you're in the car, the, the buck stops with you because it's what you do out on the track that, that decides all the things that everybody did up to that point to get you there. And then it's all in your lap, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So true. So, um, when you're, when you're in the car, let, let's, or let's back up. So let's say it's race day. What's mm -hmm. your day look like on race day? Um, so yeah, it's pretty, a pretty good routine for race days, you know, wake up, get a good breakfast. Uh, I have this weird deal where I can't eat heavy meals like on race day. Like I, I just don't do it. So I make sure to get my good breakfast in and then go to, go to the racetrack, usually a couple hours of practice. Um, I don't really have any like, I think they like stigmas or anything that you have to do to like, or like conspiracies that people think, you know, you have to do on race day in order to, to be good. <laughs> um, I'd say the only thing I have is I always put like my left glove and my left shoe on, but that's it. I'm pretty relaxed on race day. Um, just go out there and do your job. You know, everything that you've done in the shop and on practice day leads up to one day. So you really got to put, 110 percent into anything you do that day right because it's really kind of a one-shot thing you know all the things that you've done to prepare to get out on the track and it's go or no right and so yep. yeah no superstitions you just just do the glove and the shoe which is really not that superstitious so uh that's a mm -hmm. good thing i like i like i like hearing that some people have to wear the same shirt which is not necessarily superstitious but um but that's, mm -hmm. that's good. So you're in the car, you're headed out, the race is going to start. What are you thinking about? Um, think about race strategy. Think about um, what the car was doing in practice and how I need to adjust for race conditions. Um, usually only have one thing that you can adjust to in the car while you're racing. So you want to have the car practically perfect before you go out there. Um, think about like brakes and like when the timing of those brakes are. Um, I mean, and then once the green flag drops, you have a whole new list of things to think, like how to set up somebody for a pass. Like some races, people like Tucson, a lot of people hang back the first half of the race and then you go because the track's so hard on your tires that you don't want to wear them out through from lap one to the last lap, you know? So kind of just depends on the track on what your, I guess what your plan is. But I mean, there's a million things running through your head. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, you know, and, and not to mention that you're, you, a lot of times are racing against the same people. And mm -hmm. sometimes those relationships get a little, a little hairy. And then you're worried, thinking about that person. And so there's a lot that's going on, I'm sure, um, going through your head. So do you have a most memorable moment in your racing career so far? Um, yeah, there's, there's a few moments that stick with me, but I got to say like the one that I'm most proud of is got to be either there's kind of it's kind of a two-way tie it's either my 
when I went to Roseburg back in 2017, I, um, I, my first year in super late models, I set a track record and won the race in the first night or for the first time in my career. And then, so that was a really big moment, you know, I, to go to a track I've never been to set track record and win my first super late, late model race, you know, you always remember your, your first win. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And then back in 2017, the same year, I had won the last race of the season, the Neil Newberry at Wenatchee Valley Super Oval. And with that win, I secured the 2017 championship as well. So that was a two and one kind of night. So both are, both are pretty special to me and I'll always remember those. Oh yeah, for sure. And I know you've got lots of, lots more that you're going to make in your future. So those are, those are pretty big, pretty big memories though. Now, Brittany, I know that for the kind of racing you do, it, it takes a lot of financial backing and that. So do you have marketing partners that you would want to mention? Uh, I pretty much do a lot of the marketing and, you know, PR on my own. I do have a close family friend that helps me out with a lot of that, but it's, it's really all family that helps me to get to where I am. And I like to be super involved with that so I know what's going on and off the track. And I think it makes me just that much, a little bit more appreciative of, you know, being able to be on the track is because I see and am a part of the work off the track that gets me those on-track opportunities. And so um, I definitely don't do it all on my own, but I do have some help. Um, Jeff Ames is a huge help. Sierra is a huge help. My parents, you know, I mean, everybody on my race team is I couldn't do it without them, but I definitely, I like to be involved in that to see the process and how it goes on. You know, and I think that's a good, that's a good way to go because I think that's, that marketing par partners want to know the driver. They want mm -hmm. to feel a connection to the driver. And, you know, it does take somebody else to help at times. And yet, when push comes to shove, it's, it's your relationship usually with those people that are gonna, gonna give them either the confidence to support you financially in what you're doing mm -hmm. or not. And so ma making those relationships and, and that is, is really important. So um, I'd like to hear that you're, you're pretty much involved in every aspect of your racing team. Yeah, I am. And I, I like it. I like to be that way. I prefer it. Um, you know, I'm, it's, it consumes practically my whole life. So I want to be involved as much as I can and help out as much as I can. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I see sometimes these movie stars or these young, young people that um, become a famous singer or a famous actor. And then, you know, you hear the bad stories about the manager took their money and did all this because they weren't involved enough. And, you know, racing's not that much different than, than those people. You know, you start to mm -hmm. become a success, you want to have your hand in. So that's a, that's a good thing. Do you have any idea what the fastest is that you've gone in your car? Oh, man. Um, I know for sure at Evergreen Speedway, they actually clocked us um, using one of the little police radar things. And they got us at about 135, 140. But I think at Bristol in the, the ARCA car last year, we were about 150. Okay. So well, that is a very high speed track. And so... Yeah. I believe when they, you know, they can, they can calculate the times to the size of the track and it came out to about 150. So 
150 for the ARC car, about 140 for the super late model. Mm -hmm. Pretty fast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, people be like, oh, that's not that fast. Well, you get in the car and you try it and there's uh -huh. 20 or 30 or 40 other drivers. It's way faster than what you think it is, especially yeah. when you've got to maneuver around all those other people who are also going that fast. So yeah. yeah. And it makes a difference when you're door to door going 140, 150 with somebody oh, yeah. <laughs> on a little two or three lane track. It, it's, it makes a big difference. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the difference where one little bobble and you can collect a whole field of cars. And so, um, yeah, yeah it's a, it's a big deal. So what, what were you going to race or what are you going to race? We're going to be positive. What, what series are you racing this year? And tell us a little bit about where you're going to be and what's your car like, what color is it and all that. Yeah. So I'll be racing a mixture of two series. I'll be running super late models full time. I have, um, a, my car that I love It's green and black and white and we accommodate to the sponsors, you know, that we get for certain races, but um, I call it, she's like my baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I also race, I'll be racing in the ARCA series. I have one scheduled start right now. I was supposed to race at Irwindale back at the end of March, but that got postponed. So when we get the racing scheduled back out, that'll be our first ARCA race back. And I have a few more in mind, like my team and I, that we really want to do. So um, it's all just, they'll probably happen. We just got to secure them and you know, get them confirmed and all that, all that good stuff. But right now I'm racing that Irwindale race with Jeff Jefferson racing and his team. And it's the number 42 Ford. And we are partnered with Cudley right now for that race. So it's really exciting. It's a really cool looking car. It's on my social media. If you want to go check it out, okay. um, you can actually see both, both cars there. So they both look really good. Why don't you tell us, I, I usually ask that anyway, tell us, how people can follow you on social media. Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, all of those at Brittany Zamora or um, Twitter's Brittany Z52, Instagram's Brittany Zamora, Facebook Brittany Zamora. So you just go on there, you'll be able to find me. Um, you can add racing to the end of that and it'll get you right to where you need to go. Right, that's your racing page. So yes. Are there, are there other girls that race super late models and ARCA that you know or that you've made friends with? Yeah, there's been a few. Um, I'm actually fortunate enough to have like super, like a few super late model girls that I've kind of grown up with in the West Coast that I keep in contact with. I have a good friend back on the East Coast that I've met through ARCA racing. And so, you know, it just kind of depends on what series and where you're racing that I get to see these girls because they don't like live in my hometown. But yeah. it's, it's, it's good to have those connections and I'm, I'm getting more and more, you know, I'm getting to know more people on the East Coast as I keep doing these ARCA races. Hopefully, um, eventually I'll be out there one day racing and living out there because it kind of just, the West Coast is amazing for super late model racing, but I believe that if you need to go up into the ARCA series and trucks like you, you have to live over there. So that's one move I would have to make. Yeah, the, it's funny how certain parts of the country are a little more dedicated to certain kinds of racing. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I think when I think of California, I think more of like the, the Baja trucks and off-road racing and that kind of thing. And then, like you said, like the late model racing. And yeah. um, 
and the Midwest, we have a little bit of it all here. You know, I, I live within a couple hours of probably a dozen racetracks mm -hmm. um, between drag racing, dirt, and asphalt, mostly asphalt. But the East Coast, and you know, is up and down, and especially down the Carolinas and Florida and that. That's, that's a good hotbed for racing for what you mm -hmm. do. So, yeah, exactly. So what is your goal for your racing career? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I'm I would love to make it into the Cup Series, you know, to make it through the ranks of NASCAR, you know, get to the trucks, get to Xfinity, get to Cup, and win in all those, and prove yourself up like your way up the ladder. Um, financially, I personally don't have the funds to make that happen, so that's why at these lower levels, we really have to prove ourselves to sponsors, you know, to get those sponsors on board and get to the next race. Getting to the next race is always super important. Um, I just want to make a career out of racing in NASCAR. So, you know, if I end up Xfinity driving for a full career, I'll be happy. If I end up cup driving for a full career, that'd be amazing. But I just want to be behind the wheel of a race car. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? Um, the finances will come when they see the talent. I, and I firmly believe that. And, you know, I think, I think some things about this being – cut off from racing right now and I've been watching the iRacing which I'm sure you probably have been too it's interesting how the iRacing professional drivers who've been doing that for a while how much they shine over the regular drivers who have not done it but it also is giving those guys a little bit of recognition and things that I think sometimes when they're with the underfunded teams, they don't always get in the truck Xfinity and cup series. And so um, have you ever done iRacing or are you doing anything in that now while we're off? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm in four different series right now. I think I'm actually going to get into another one this coming week. So five series, that's <laughs> a lot of races to keep track of, but it's been fun. I've participated in the past few weeks in them and it's just a good way to get the fans and the drivers and the sponsors involved in this kind of weird time that we got going on right now to where when we can't go to a real racetrack to promote all those things. So it's pretty cool. Um, I have tested, you know, I've tested a bunch of cars, but the ones that I race in real life, the Super Bowl market cars, I'll go into iRacing and I'm, I'm not nearly as good on iRacing as I am <laughs> in real life. So it's just, it's a different feel, you know, you, the depth perception is kind of off when you're looking at a monitor versus, uh -huh. you know, in a real car. And then you don't have the feel in your seat like you do on a real car and a real track. But so those are the two things that I've been kind of trying to get better at and get a better feel for. But still, I think it's a great way to, you know, virtually get behind the wheel of a race car and get going around those racetracks. And every Sunday I've been watching them on the cup series on TV. So I think it's, it's a really cool opportunity for NASCAR. Yeah, I do too. You know, we're, we're the only sport that's able to do that. Everything else, when you scroll through the channels is, you know, um, the games from before golf matches yep. from years ago or football, they had the Super Bowl from 19, whatever on the other day. And I was like, <laughs> I, you know, once I know who won, I don't really want to watch it again, but, yeah. um, but racing and and this week on uh, I believe it's on NBCSN is is like race week and so they've been doing quite a few of the virtual races and mm -hmm. what a great advertisement if you will for our sport because 
there's people that I'm sure are watching who've probably never watched a NASCAR race before, but because there's not much options on Sunday afternoon, I heard that they had over a million people watch last Sunday. Now, wouldn't it be yes. great if we could get a lot of those people out to the tracks now to see these people in person? And that's what I'm hoping iRacing is going to do for the sport. Yeah, and I think I'm hoping that you'll get to see those results transition from, you know, virtually to in the seats at a track. And one thing I was actually talking to my family about the other day is I was like, I bet you that the seats and like, I bet you these tracks are just going to sell out when we go back to racing. One, because people have missed the sport so much. And two, because of what you were just mentioning that you're getting a new crowd right now. So when you go to these tracks all over the country, you're going to be closer to those new fans and they're going to be more interested because of what they saw on TV. So I think, I think it's a really great opportunity. And like you said, you know, it's the only sport right now that is putting out new content. And that makes kind of NASCAR stand out from everybody else right now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, Dale Jr. was on the Today Show today talking about iRacing. So it's getting, uh, it's getting some major exposure that I don't think, you know, NASCAR maybe would be getting this time of year if mm -hmm. it wasn't for what's happening. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to find the positive things from everything that's going on and and there are positive things even though there's mm -hmm. so much sadness as well but but there are good things that are going to come from this and so we have to focus on those for sure um yeah i agree Brittany, how i know you've already made an impact you've raced for 17 years and you're only 21 years old but um what kind of an impact do you feel you're making on motorsports I feel like there's this upcoming group of women right now that I'm lucky enough to be in that we're making a stand. Like before we've had Danica Patrick or we've had, you know, Lynn St. James, like we've had kind of one girl make their like shine and make their moment in racing. And right now I feel like we have a group of us that's kind of coming up together. And I think it's making a bigger impact. Um, I guess just because there's more of us kind of moving together. And I think that, with us moving up that you're going to continue to see that you're going to continue to see girls moving up through the ranks and whether it's NASCAR, IndyCar, any type of motorsports that um, I'm lucky enough to be kind of, you know, moving up with them right now. But it personally, I like to make an impact on the tracks I'm going to, the fans I meet in person, you know, through social media, especially right now because everybody's on their phones. And so you know, just reaching out and staying connected. And, you know, when I was younger, there was just a few women that I was able to look up to just because it was so rare to find females being successful in the sport and making it to the top ranks that I feel like the younger group, the next generation of drivers has that to look forward to. Yeah, I, I totally agree because we've got a nice crop of girls coming through, um, and it, all you have to do is look around a little bit. I mean, when I started, when I first thought about um, trying to reach out to women in motorsports, I mean, I knew there were a lot of women involved in motorsports, but honestly, Brittany, I had no idea at the magnitude of how many women mm -hmm. are involved. It, yeah. I, I just meet, you know, it's just more and more and more, and I'm meeting more women from the UK and Australia and 
in all different countries and there's a lot of women racing all over the world and and I'm just so blessed to have been able to meet so many of them like you it's just so fun to watch your career and watch you race and watch you know I see the impact you have you're you know when people talk to you and the fans start to follow you they fans are a good judge of character and they know who to follow and who not to and so um Mm -hmm. you know that's that's just been such a blessing to me the people that i've met for sure um if a if a mom or a younger girl came up to you and said hey i want to be in racing like you what kind of advice would you give them um i would just tell them you know just go do it don't listen to what other people say i had it was weird when i was in my mini stock racing those for two years that's probably the most like criticized i've been just for being a girl, and I knew that, like, it was all talk, like, I just had to go out there, and I, I was like, I'll just do my talking on the racetrack, you know, and so that was just kind of my way to prove that I belong where I was, and where I am, and just getting those results on track, and, you know, proving yourself as a driver, not necessarily, like, I didn't come up proving myself as a girl in the sport, I came up proving myself as a driver, and I think that's important to, you know, make yourself a part of the group versus just separating yourself based on whether you're male or female. And I really, I really don't focus on that too much at the racetrack because, you know, I'm, I'm there to race. I'm not, I'm not there to be known as a girl. I'm there to race. And so that's my job. And I would just tell them to, you know, if that's where your heart's at, then go do it and be 110%. In. Right. And you, you know, you do have to develop a thick skin, I think as a young woman because you know i've taught i've talked to hundreds of women in racing and most of them have had somewhere along the line some kind of incident on or off the track because they were a woman because Mm -hmm. they they people think they can push you around or whatever and the ones that are the most successful are the ones that try to put it in, you know, in the rear view mirror. We're like, we're not going to focus on that. I'm mm-hmm. a driver. And I like what you said, you're going to show them what you've got based what you do on the track. And that, that shuts people up faster than anything is what I think. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we want, you always want to have fun too. So it's, yes. it's like, if you, if you stop having fun, then it's time to hang up whatever it is that you're doing. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Brittany, I know racing takes up probably about 99% of your time, but do you ever do anything <laughs> else for fun? What else do you like to do? Oh, man, I like to work out. I like to hang out with my family, my friends. Um, right now, during quarantine, I'm trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> I, I babysit my niece right now because my brother and his wife are currently, like, still working. And um, I'm at home. And so I'm doing school online. I'm babysitting my niece, trying to stay active. I've turned to baking quite a bit. <laughs> I think it just gives me something to do while we're in the house, you know. I like to take my dogs for walks. Um, just a little bit of everything just to stay moving and, you know, have something to do right now. Right. So do you have a workout routine that you typically do to stay in shape for racing? Yeah, I do. And I um I go both to a gym and then I do Orange Theory a lot but both of those are closed right now and so 
I'm finding at-home workouts. I'm working out like virtually through FaceTime with friends and um, just walking or running to get out of the house. So it's a little bit different right now because I'm not able to go to the gym to get those routines, you know, every every week that I have. And so it's tough, but, you know, I'm make, making it work. Right. Right. At least the workout part, that's something, you know, you can do at home. It's just not as, not as convenient or maybe as fun, but at least you can still keep part of it going. So that's, yes. that's good. Yeah. So Brittany, have you had a piece of advice um, that's really stuck with you during your racing career? Yeah. So I've, you know, a lot of people have given advice to me and I'm super thankful for that because every little bit helps, but the one that actually sticks with me the most is I was at a conference last year at Sonoma and it was me and Denny Hamlin and we're up on the panel together and one of the guys in the from the media asked Denny he goes what what's one piece of advice that you would give Brittany as she's up and coming through the sport and trying to make her way through the rinks and he had said that to just focus on being in competition against yourself and when he first said that I was a little confused you know I'm like well what's he like getting at this like where's he gonna go with it and he continued to say that you like naturally as a driver you put yourself in competition with other drivers like you see this driver and you're like oh they're doing that so that's where I need to be or this driver's doing this and that's what I need to do and he said that's that's all good like you can use those pieces to help improve yourself but he goes, if you just, if you, if you're in competition with yourself, say you got fifth last race, you need to get fourth this race and you need to fix one problem that you had in that race so that you don't make that mistake next race. So it's all about being like, there's so much going around you that it's easy to get caught up in. But as long as you're in competition with yourself and trying to prove yourself each race that you go to, then you're on the right track to success. And I've never had somebody, you know, really point that out to me and explain it the way he did. And it stuck to me. And whenever somebody asks me this question, whether it's just a fan or an interview, like I hit it so hard. I'm like this, like it helped me a ton. So I can just imagine like that it would help others too. And you know, what great advice. I mean, that's the first time I've really heard anyone put it that way. And um, there's a saying that says, um, competition is the thief of joy or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to compare and be just like somebody else, you lose the joy that you have of being you and being your authentic self. And so I think mm -hmm. that's a little bit what he was saying is you be you, you do the best that you can do and not, don't worry about what the others are doing and that's really really good advice especially in racing yeah I agree and it it really stood out to me and that's kind of it's what I keep telling myself at each race you know just listen to what he said and apply it and you're you're doing good right so I know you've done a lot of interviews is there something that you get asked all the time um probably <laughs> probably the most I guess the used one is what it's like to be a girl in the sport. And it's, I, it's a fair question, you know, because there's in the, in the big picture, there's very few of us, but like we're talking about, we're, we're becoming more and more like we're having more girls that are entering races. We're having more girls that are winning and being competitive. And 
I don't know. Like, I don't know what it's like to be a guy in the sport, so I guess I can't really compare. <laughs> and so, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just out there to drive and to have fun and compete and win. And that's, I mean, there's a little bit of a different spotlight, I guess, just because I am a girl versus if I were to be a guy. But I think the the general idea and the general, my general job is practically the same as anybody else out in the field. Right. Exactly. So has being a race car driver, being involved in motorsports, has it helped you, things that you've learned maybe through that, that's helped you in any other area of your life? Yeah, I think, I think in every, like, you know, I'm, besides racing right now, a big part of my life is doing school. And, you know, it, I think the, like, how to handle certain situations really helps you in that aspect. So, like, say I, the engine blows or something like I had a race last year where I blew two engines in one day and within 26 laps of each other. So that was probably one of the most frustrating, you know, scenarios that I had. And I think that just like, you can be frustrated, but like in the end, like you being frustrated, isn't going to help anything. So I just kind of, I try, you know, I talked to the team about it. Like, what did we do wrong? Why did that happen? what can we do to prevent it? And I think that helps along like in school, like if I'm struggling with the subject, you know, it just helps calm me down and keep me cool, calm and collective. But I think there's a bunch of different scenarios that you can apply to it. Um, I'm sure by the driver it varies too, but I think that my ability to re- remain calm in those situations really, really helps me out there. Yeah, I agree. We can always learn life lessons. And that's, to me, that's some of the things that I think you learn in racing are a lot of life lessons that maybe there's some sports that you don't have quite that same opportunity. And, you know, the other thing in a lot of sports, you know, the fans don't have access or as much access. And so having, having those people maybe in your face or always asking questions or doing that, there's a level of, being involved and and with the fans and then there's a point to where sometimes you need to focus on other things and there's a balance there and so you know that's something that I think motorsports deals with that like I, I couldn't go to the Detroit Lions football game and walk up to Matt Stafford who's the quarterback I mean that's not going to happen mm-hmm. but in motorsports you buy a you buy a pit pass or you have a cold pass you can be right there where they're at. And so we have such a unique opportunity to really make some great fans. Yeah, I agree. And I I was just kind of remembering like kind of what you were saying about the cameras being in your face all the time. And it's one of those instances where like after you get in a wreck or tire blows or engine blows or something like that, like you have a camera and microphone in your face. And so you have to be able to say, like saying the right things and because everybody's watching you at that moment. And so, and like, if you say one wrong thing, you're going to get like, people are going to talk to you about it. You're going to hear about it. And so Mm -hmm. you just being like being in the moment and like being PC, but also knowing how to be yourself is also kind of a fine line that you got to find. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw that last week with Bubba on the eye racing. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, it's not just him. I'm not picking on him. Happens, it happens all the time, especially with younger racers. I think they have more emotion on their sleeve and 
and they um, say or do things that they haven't really thought through and mm-hmm. um, it'll come back to bite you if you're not careful. So it's, it's, a, it's a big lesson to learn for sure. Yes, so, it is. So Brittany, tell me now, uh, you tell me how to find you on social media. Why don't you share, can people watch you race on iRacing if they want to? Yeah, they can. I'm in a few different series. So I'm in the Rowdy 51 Super Select series with Speed 51. And then I'm in the Western Super Series. And if you follow me on Twitter, I'll be posting those links for every race that you can just click on the link and then it'll be the iRacing race will be live broadcasted on there. So it's super fun. I mean, there's commentators, there's replays, there's pit stops. I mean, there's everything that you could imagine in a real NASCAR race. So mm-hmm. it's a really cool opportunity. So I'll be posting those every I race on like Tuesdays, Saturdays and Sundays, and then I'll be adding in another series that I can give you guys more information for later. But I'll have all the info and all the links there so that you can watch. Okay, sounds great. Well, I know I'm going to be watching you, so <laughs> I'll follow you. I think I already follow you on Twitter. So um, that that's awesome. And hopefully we're going to get back to racing soon so that I can actually see you race in, yeah. in your real car <laughs> on a real track. <laughs> that would be fun. And I've, I've got some plans to do that this summer. So once the schedule comes out, I'm, I'm hoping to get somewhere where you're going to be, Brittany. So um, I just want to thank you so much for taking time today. Even though we're quarantined, we still have busy days. We still have things yeah. we're doing. And I appreciate that you took the time today to be here on the podcast with me. And um, just give you a chance. Do you have any other things that you'd like to share or that I didn't ask you about? I think we hit them all. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> All right. Well, you take care of yourself and stay safe. And, you too. And as soon as we get back to the track, um, I'll be making some plans to come and see your race. Sounds good. I can't wait. All right. Thanks, Brittany. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com.